Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Fat Cats. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. In this podcast episode, we are going to be diving into the process of creating a video strategy. I know during this coronavirus outbreak, my plans have been thrown off a bit. You know, I had guests lined up who I had to postpone as they had the deal with, you know, kids being at home that they weren't planning on. And it's just a time where everyone is kind of refocusing and thinking through the new normal, what it looks like. Is this going to be a short term? Is this a long term? I don't know yet, but the one thing I do know is that right now, while you're at home, while you're trying to to do work, while shoots have been canceled, conferences have been delayed, this is the perfect time to sit down and think through a strategy for yourself in terms of whether it's for you, your company, but just take some time and think through strategically those things that you want to do once you get out or those things that you want to be doing now. But the other thing is that during all the chaos of routines being thrown off, when you don't have a plan or something to work through, it can be really tricky to get going. I mean, I just know the ironic thing is that when you have a lot of time, you should be excited about all the work that you could get done. But when things are thrown off, I find personally that I don't have as much time or it's harder for me to get stuff done when my schedule is too open almost. And so there has to be a balance between having enough to do that keeps you busy, keeps you hustling, stay on track, and also not having a plan that's completely open um, with, with getting nothing done. I mean, case in point is, you know, I might always tell myself, oh, my morning routine, I'm going to get get good at it. But then oftentimes it's, you know, Saturday morning when I have as much time as I think I, I have a whole bunch of time that I don't actually get you know, my morning routine done or my morning routine just takes three hours instead of, you know, 45 minutes. So the point is having a lot of time doesn't necessarily lead to more productivity if you don't have a plan. And so what I want to do is help provide you with a plan to go through as you're creating your video video strategy. So it's five steps. And within those, there are going to be a few steps to follow through. But to give you a little heads up, so the first five are really look at your audience. So all right, who is your audience? Who do you need to be going working with? Who are you trying to reach? What are your goals? So what are you hoping to accomplish? Is it awareness? Is it bringing people along the funnel? And then next kind of your content plan. So what do you actually need to be producing for your audience to meet your specific goals? Then fourth, it's distribution. Where are you actually going to be putting this stuff on? Is it is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be uh, social media? Is it going to be behind a, a gate, gated content where people give you their email address in exchange for getting content? And then fifth, what are your production rhythms? So are you planning on setting aside three days and just hash everything out for the quarter, for the year that's going to go out? Or are you wanting to get kind of weekly content that you create on a weekly basis? And this is entirely going to depend on your schedule, how you work, and how well you know yourself. So to dive into things first with your audience. So if you say, oh, my audience is everyone, guess what? That really is going to mean uh, no one. Um, there are what, 7 billion people in the world, and if you try to reach all of them, you're not going to be effective. You are way better off trying to reach a very defined audience and go kind of take take a, a niche down and try to reach them. And But in order to do that, you know, I, I know it's kind of hard to say, oh, but Wesley, like, how am I going to distill my audience down to just one person type? Well, do you want most of the time people you know, within their business, whoever they're reaching out to, you can kind of distill things down to at least one, two, or three different types of of audiences, depending on on what you're hoping to do. Make sure that you can kind of 
personify or figure out what what that looks like. So on my end, you know, I've been doing, you know, video strategy, but I had been wanting to get a little more into coaching, still planning on it. But, you know, so I had my audience down to two different people. One was, you know, people who are more kind of in the marketing directors, communication directors who want help with their their video strategy. And then the other one is owners, people who are wanting business owners who are wanting to produce a lot more of their their own content to produce who say, I want to be producing stuff that, you know, instead of me writing a book or, you know, writing articles, I want to produce more content that has my name, my face attached to it that helps establish me as a, as a thought leader. And so being able to identify those two audiences was extremely helpful for me in realizing that what a an owner wants or a business owner leader who wants to produce video content that establishes themselves as, as a thought leader is different than what your audience who's your your marketing director, your communication director is going to want. But understanding that those are two separate audiences and being okay with that in many ways will help free you up to focus on the individual problems that each one of them has. And so oftentimes we try to assume that we have, we only have one audience. Usually one audience can be a little bit tricky because most people don't really have one audience, but we also don't have an infinite number of, of different audiences. So at a max, I think everyone I've worked with can either put their audience into two to three groups max. So if you try to tell yourself that you have more than three audience or, or, or characters, whether it's, you know, moms or teenage girls or, you know, 45 to 50 year old, you know, communication directors or business leaders or, you know, 20 something communications directors, like everyone can usually figure out three main audiences for things. If you have more than that, then you probably you might run a very large company and you need to segment it for but for these purposes, you we need to break it down a little bit more. Because yes, there are some huge companies, think mega conglomerates like Nestle or Procter and Gamble that they have all these offshoots and brands. But guess what? Each of those little offshoots and brands is only they have very specific, you know, focused targets. And for your purposes, you need to focus on on what you're doing in terms of for your plan and, and, and your video strategy, and or else it's just going to be too broad. So identify what do you have in terms of your your audience. And so just write that down. And then from there, you kind of need to understand like what what makes them ticks? What what problems do they have? And if you need to you know pause this and, and write that down, definitely encourage you to but what problems do they have? Do they what's keeping them up at night? What are they struggling? What do they want to accomplish? What are the problems that they have? You know, how much money do they make? Where do they live? Uh, what sites are they on? You know, so if you are looking at demographic and let's say you want to reach people who are in, you know, kids in their teens who are 16, 17, going to college, trying to decide what to do after, you know, school finally lets back out and they are going back to school, you know, they might not be spending a lot of time on LinkedIn right now. If they're 17, they might be spending a lot of their time on Instagram or, or another platform. But maybe if you are wanting to reach someone who is, is like a business to business and they're really serious about having, you know, building business relationships, then LinkedIn might be, be great for them. But understanding those aspects of your audience is, is extremely helpful. And that's also going to then impact your content plan later on. And so identify as much as you can in that phase. Step two then is goals. So within that, it's like, what do you actually want to accomplish? 
you know, it, what what is the problem with your audience? Is it that you need to build trust? Is it no one has any idea who you are? They're not aware of what you're doing? Or is it people know who you are, but they haven't been able to figure out how you're going to add value to their life? You know, that's that's very possible too. that the people know who you are. They're kind of aware, but they just haven't had they've had a hard time signing that contract or they've they've sent them proposals and they just haven't bit on on to sign up or, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that that could be coming into play. And so if we look at it from your goals, there's usually about, you know, three to four different categories uh, of where people are are at a sales funnel. So so the first first one is just awareness is do people know who you are? And so, you know, if we look at, you know, the, the dating analogy is sometimes used is, you know, guess what you can, someone can never ask someone else out if they're not, they don't even know who the person is. Um, you know, if I've never met someone before, I can't, I can't be introduced to them. And so the first phase is usually awareness. So the, the question would be, do people know who you are? Do people know what you offer? Do people know how you can make that you're even, that you even exist? So I, I can never go to a bank if I don't know, uh, you know, who who they are. So let's say, let's use an example that might be interesting, such as you know, Aflac with a little duck, where everyone know by now. If you you see the, the duck, you might as well say, oh, the duck is Aflac. But then you might, so everyone might understand, oh, awareness, Aflac, the duck, quack quack. But then people might not actually know, like, what do they actually offer? And so so that would be an issue of where you know, the first step is awareness, so everyone is aware. But the next step would is is engagement. So have people engaged with them? Do they do they understand? So that might be well. Hey, I'm aware that there's this duck, but I, I don't actually know. You know how are they gonna? What can they actually do for my life? Uh, what how's this duck? Why do I need this duck in my life? Uh, you know, uh, but people if people are confused about how you're gonna help them, how you, you know, as you're as you're diving into things, you know, people might feel great about a random duck or a random lizard. But if you don't actually, and two, I'm using insurance examples here because if there's anything that's probably dry in terms of a actual product, uh, it, it, I mean, it has to be insurance. I, I have insurance. I, I I like having my insurance. I have life insurance and um, you know car insurance. But you know, let's face it, of all the things that are you know fun and exciting you know, the actual insurance probably isn't one of them. And so that's probably why insurance companies have gone to huge steps to make sure that there's awareness. And, you know, if, if you look at it, you know, some of the Geico commercials, they don't actually tell you anything about their their product, except for that it could save you 15% or more like that. That's all Geico ever communicates. And they try to make it funny and, and, and engaging. So that way you will eventually say, yeah, I feel good about this, this company and go down the road. So a lot of people do spend a lot of money on the awareness phase of things. And no, I'm not being endorsed by e either one of those companies, but they all have ways of trying to make their product sticky, make it in the initial awareness stage. Second, then being being engagement. So once people do know who you are, what do you want to how do you want to dive into things in terms of actually engaging? So, all right, how does that what does it actually look like to, to learn or to, to gain more engage with someone, learn the steps, actually be helpful. So once I know who someone is, you know, I'll often get on if if it's someone I'm interested in, I'll get on their email list and they'll send you know video updates where I know who they are, but they're trying to add value to my life now. And, and so past that, you know, engagement step, then third being kind of conversion. So that's where 
you know, the engagement has been, hey, you've been on a few dates with the person, you understand who they are. And they kind of go, go into, you know, conversion might be, all right, at what point does this, do you take this to the next step further? And does it either start dating or, you know, much f- further down the line, does it look like a proposal? And, uh, you know, so the, there's the different stages. And conversion being, this is now where you've gone through, you've decided, yes, I like this company, I like this person, and now I'm actually ready to purchase something from them or take that next step further. And at that stage, this is where you're trying to create create content that, you know, is that that final piece that helps sell them on the process that convinces them, yes, I felt good about this company, this working with this person. And now I really want to take it to the next step, step further. And this might just be kind of the final explanations, answering any doubts that someone might have in the back of their mind, and, and helping through that process. And then after once you have people who are in the phase, a lot of people make the mistake of stopping the process after someone's made a purchase. But really, there's the, there's a phase afterwards, which is how do we you now how do we delight? How do we create brand loyalty for people who are customers already? Because honestly, a little bit of work on the back end can really turn a customer into a lifelong uh, customer or you know donor. If you just show them that extra step of yes, you bought from me, but yes, well, I'm going to encourage you. And this looks like personalized video call, video emails, or where you you actually embed a video in a um, in an email that goes out to a customer and says, "Hey, I mean, just imagine what it would look like if you bought something and you got a personalized video from the CEO of a company saying, I want to thank you, say saying your name for signing up for this product. Uh, I'm just so excited about it, and." I know that you made the right choice in investing in yourself, and I know that you're going to be solving this problem through this product. And something like that's really simple. It doesn't cost a lot to take, but could really take people and convert them into lifelong loyalists. And those small things that encourage people, that just get them excited, that are little touches, can really convert people into lifelong fans just with a simple personalized touch. So once you then have developed your goals in terms of what you're wanting to accomplish, we need to start thinking through, all right, what does our content plan actually look like? What are we hoping to, to, to accomplish in each of those phases? You've decided what are your goals? Is your problem not enough people know who you are? Or is it maybe they don't understand how you're going to make their life better? Or there's just some small um, thing that's holding them back from signing up for that purchase. And so lay those four steps out for your goals and think through, all right, how do we want to create content in each of these and base it off of resources? So oftentimes, once you sort of do a little bit of analysis, you'll discover that there is a bit of a, maybe it's just a basic awareness. Like people know who we are, people don't know who we are, and we need to fix that. Or in many cases, it could be, well, people know who are, who this person is, and but I don't understand how they're actually going to make my life better. And we need to increase engagement in that phase. And so, you know, for me personally, you know, I know a number of people who have known that I, you know, do video, I do video work, but they haven't actually known how I can engage them in the more of the strategy space. And so that's where one of my personal goals is make more content that people can help them engage and lead to a final conversion as opposed to just, yes, they know me as the guy who produced videos. Now we need to transition to helping 
help them see how I can do more strategy, more coaching work. And so for me, my goal isn't necessarily producing as much high polished, flashy content, but actually producing stuff that's useful that helps get them thinking about their strategy. So, you know, for example, this video I'm recording just in my room, it's not a my office space at home during during the coronavirus. And it's not super flashy. I'm not doing you know a whole bunch of text animations and uh, cool epic shots. No, it's just me here in the studio producing something that brings value and helps you think through what that looks like. So once you establish your kind of that connect content plan, and just think through some steps, if you need a few, you know, helpful guides, Ben Amos from the engage video marketing, he has a lot of helpful resources as well. I'll put that in the link. But you can actually go through and think through different ideas for content, what that looks like. So awareness might be just general promotional videos. So creating videos that are, they're interesting, they're sticky, they have an emotional component. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that we buy based off of emotion and then justify it with facts. And if you want to want people to get in touch with you, like there has to be some sort of emotional connection, whether it's, Hey, I know this person, they were a referral or wow, I, I saw this video and it just made me feel great. Or I built a sense of trust after seeing this person talk for, you know, over the course of a series of videos or hearing their voice through a podcast. And so just, you want to have general ideas for what does that, that awareness look like, whether it's a story video, a brand piece that is, that is going on at a conference, you know, whatever that is. Then for engagement, that's more the practical stuff where this isn't just people sitting back and watching, but you're actually inviting people in to, to do something, to take the next step and to learn from you, to grow. And this could be free resources where it's, they go online, they click on something, they realize, wow, this person added value to my life with this free video series on how to accomplish X. Therefore, I'm now more willing to help trust them with the next stages you know, after that, going to the final conversion, that's just, it could be that personalized, you know, reaching out personalized, or that could be that kind of the explanation, or it could be, and, and so usually you're spending a lot more money on your awareness side. And this, as you go further down the funnel, your videos become less highly polished, but more personalized. Because the goal is now you want to speak to the person directly and help answer any questions they might have that helps them decide to trust you decide to trust you more is basically just how, how it works. Once we have your content plan, so just sitting out creating stuff and, and a helpful resource is the kind of doing a content strategy bucket, where you just think through all right, things in these categories, what kind of video could I make or even just content in general, could I make that answers these questions, you know, you have four different different buckets and just start writing topics down brainstorming topics that you can put down in each one. So once you've accomplished that, then we're on to the next stage distribution. So what is it actually going to look like for you to where, where are you going to put these are so here are some options to think through you could either just you know put them on YouTube and hope that it that it works. Um, to give you an idea, if you do want to do a YouTube channel, you pretty much have to be dedicated to and not to say that so it is different, you can can post videos on YouTube and use it just kind of as a housing option where it's like a host for your videos, but not actually trying to cultivate a YouTube channel. Because if you want to cultivate a YouTube channel, you do need to be dedicated to producing weekly content. I mean, for everything I hear, if, if that's your goal is, we actually want to grow a YouTube audience, then it has to be weekly content or else it's just not really going to go anywhere. 
From there, you might also say, I want to be posting on maybe it's Instagram or social media, Facebook. You know, that could be a strategy too, where it's, hey, I want to be posting here. And my because my audience, I know, spends a lot of time in these platforms. And therefore, that is my goal. And we're, we're going to make things in more of a, if a four by like a, a square aspect ratio of the video. And, and so knowing some of those things too impacts how you're going to then, you know, create the content because it's, you know, it needs to be formatted with captions, like burnt in captions, if it's for Instagram, or no, we're just gonna upload it to YouTube and let YouTube automatically make the captions for it. Because it's YouTube. So that's where knowing your distribution strategy is, is really helpful. Or you may decide to go with a complete opposite end and say, you know, what? I'm not putting it on social media, I'm actually gonna host this content on my web page. And it's going to be a individual um, hidden link that people are going to get access to only if they subscribe to an email list that I have, or it's a lead magnet where you're creating a series of videos. People give you their email access, your, their email in exchange for this resource that all of a sudden has a little more value than just a free resource. And now you have their email address. You can follow up with them with nurturing email campaigns, continue to give them more resources that are going to be helpful. And, and you know, it wasn't, it's not public at all, but you've made it more valuable because because it's not public. So that's where just really thinking through what your distribution strategy is going to look like is going to impact the, the work you produce and, and how you do it. So just think through all those those things and then think through the you know, you know, rhythm, how often are you posting? And so then you can actually track metrics and see, well, is this actually helpful? Are people watching the videos all the way through? And, you know, if you're producing 45 minute long pieces and no one's watching all of it at all, then you might know that, well, this isn't working or people are watching the first minute and then they just tune out and then that helps influence like, well, maybe we should just be producing videos that are one minute long. And, um, and that's going to work just as well because through the distribution process, you need metrics that you can track and determine are these, cause you're not going to get it perfect the first time. I mean, no one gets it perfect the first time, but what they do is they're committed to reiterating and continually getting better. And so when you can do that, that is when you really are able to continually improve and tweak things as they go. Cause no one, let me tell you, no one knocks a home run out of the park on the very first time. And, but it's through iterative processing and evaluation that everyone gets better. Then last step is really getting a sense of your production rhythms. So once you have everything, you know, you really need to lay it all out and get a sense for what is going to work for you for recording and creating content. So is it maybe you you like the idea of recording of just sitting in front of a camera turning on and hit record and you say, you know, if I have an outline, I can do this and boom. And or you might say, you know, what? I normally I'm really busy throughout the throughout the year. But what I do want to do is I'm going to work hard on writing scripts, creating outlines, then I'm just going to knock two days or a day, and I'm going to record all the videos. And then I'm going to send it off to my editor who's going to edit them. And they're going to be in charge of breaking it down into pieces and posting it. And I know it's going to be good because it's just the words that are coming out of my mouth. And guess what, I'm going to do that twice a year, four times a year and have all the content I need for our, our video strategy. Or, you know, maybe no, I'm just going to produce regular content, or we're going to have a quarterly campaign. And in that campaign, we're going to go out and shoot a, a big banner banner video or big highlight story that's then going to be used for 
you know, the whole process is going to be used as part of a campaign. And we're going to get these smaller bite-sized pieces that are going to launch for the campaign. And this isn't going to be a yearly cycle, but it's going to be specifically for our end of year fundraising campaign or our end of year back to school push or anything in particular. I do find it helpful to think through things as either we're either doing this on a regular basis or it's either a big campaign push that has a beginning and an end. And so look at it from one of those, but figure out what exactly do you need from you, how you work best to be able to get things done. And so if you know that your work comes in cycles and you're going to get excited about something and then you're going to get swamped with everything else, then guess what? You may be better off batch producing as much content as you can if, if you know that Hey, I have a conference coming up or this big event is coming up and I'm not going to be able to deal with it. So therefore, I want to make sure that I can get everything done so that when this big wave of work comes, I don't have to worry about dropping the ball because I did all the work beforehand um, leading up into things. And so or you may just decide, no, my work is predictable. I don't have to worry about the ups and downs because I know that I'm going to be able to keep knocking stuff out no matter what. And if that's the case, then, you know, just go for your get into a regular rhythm of saying maybe it's getting several weeks ahead. And then when something big comes up, you are several weeks ahead. So you might fall down, but you can get back up again. So decide what more importantly, decide what production rhythm is going to work for you and stick stick to it. Establish a plan so you know. I record, I give this to so-and-so who then edits it and then posts it. I do this and then someone else does the writing portion and we just create a transcript of what we did. I send it to, to this this writer who writes the, the blog post, who writes the corresponding video description, but understand what that process is like and understand you probably aren't going to be able to do everything, but the more you can get a process and delegate your work rhythm, the better it's going to be. So I hope that was helpful. You know, like I said, you can do that right now. Just work through those steps, turn off your phone, you know, turn off your notifications on your computer, just to get a pen and paper and sit down, kind of knock out those things with audience goals, your audience, who are your goals, what kind of content is going to help solve those goals. Then where do you want to post it once you have a, in terms of distribution, like what channels and what is your rhythm going to look like? And you want, you're not, you're going to learn along the way. Your first plan isn't going to be perfect, but just getting that down on paper is going to be a helpful start to creating a plan. And then too, once you can go back to the world opens back up again, we can go into rhythms, we can create stuff that's helpful. At that point, you're going to have a much better plan of where you're going and you can just sit down and start cranking content out. So hope you found that helpful. And I know that being able to walk through that for me has just been you know, extremely helpful. Even as someone who does video work, being able to have a plan is helpful. So for now, keep planning on, keep uh, keep washing your hands. And I know we're going to get through this coronavirus season. And if you had any questions, please feel free to shoot me an email. So Wesley at intermotionmedia.com is my, my email. I would love to answer any questions you might have about the five-step plan and how you can create a video strategy for yourself. And join in next week. We're going to have an interview with Mary Doherty on the process she uses, how she, as a photographer, she has gone from just, just being a photographer, but leveraging, you know, content, email list, you know, videos to actually become more of a photography coach who hosts workshops and what that looks like. So that'll be a fun episode until next week. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.